in good company. Honest and transparent conversations between two good mates on an entrepreneurial journey together. Join Lisa Cordoff and myself, Carly Nimmo, while we explore what it means to create, grow and keep good company. Life and business is better when you're keeping good company. Lisa Cordoff, you have just come off the back of what is your biggest launch ever? Biggest launch of the membership ever. Amazing. So I want to dive really deep into this today uh, because um, I don't think most people have a solid understanding as to what it actually takes to run a successful membership. I think a lot of us have this idea and we're often sold this idea that a membership is is an easy way to make monthly recurring revenue, MRR, the holy grail of online business. (laughs) And uh, having had a stab at that myself, um, (laughs) it, it is not as easy as it may appear from the outside. So I really want to dive today into your membership and what it's taken to get it to the point now where you've just come off the back of your most successful launch. So should we start at the beginning of the membership? Let's go right there. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, let's start. Let's start. With how it started? Yes, yes. Okay. So the the membership was an idea. I mean, so I had an eight-week program, Small Steps to Whole Foods, and I was telling people it was, it takes small steps to change your habits around food, which I still firmly believe. Uh, and then I'd be like, and our eight weeks is up. All right, see you guys. And it didn't feel right. So people would just keep doing the program because they wanted more. They're like, I just want to stay connected to this. So uh, I think it was with my very first sort of coach, and she's like, have you thought about having a membership program for these people? And I was like, mm, hang on, that would stop the boom bust kind of cycle if there was regular monthly money coming in, revenue coming in, that'd be nice instead of like make all the money in a launch for an eight-week product and then don't make any more until you launch it again a few months later, which kind of kept me in this perpetual launch cycle. So, because I just wanted to earn the money to do the things that I needed to do in my business. Like back at that early stage, I wasn't really taking any money from the business. It was just like all put back in so I could upgrade and learn more and put things on a platform. I mean, that first course I ran it, all the videos were in Vimeo and the course was delivered via MailChimp. It was an email-based course. There was no home for it. There was no website. So after two launches, I had enough money to rebrand and start to um, actually put it onto a membership site. Like all that stuff costs money. It costs, I, I pay people all the time to help me do things. Then there was this idea for the membership and I thought, yep, I ran that membership. I just want to stop you there. I just want to stop you there. Right. Okay. <laughs> because I remember us sitting down together with Nikki, mm. mapping this thing out. Mm. And all 
The resistance. Oh, man. My resistance was around being able to manage a community, hold them, support them, ongoing, like never a a relief from that. I thought I was going to be bound to it. It would be like shackles. That was the word that kept on coming up. I don't want to be shackled to this thing because I loved the experience that I gave for people. I knew I could stay committed to them for eight weeks, but could I commit forever after? The other resistance that I had was being able to come up with new content all the time for them, like just being on that content creation treadmill, which is intense and real. And they they were my two big points of resistance, weren't they? I don't yeah. think there was any. Yeah, it was, ma- it was mainly the shackle thing, I think, and just yeah. maybe like maybe a little self-doubt that you could sustain this long term. Mm. Mm. And also, I mean, small, you know, small steps to Whole Foods was such a huge success for you. Mm. And then to take all of that energy and put it into a low cost membership Mm. was a big, big, bold move. And you were moving it to the back of your business at the beginning. Remember, like you, they would go through. It it wasn't a public thing. Yeah, Yeah. It was just, it was just something that I offered to the people who'd done that program. So no one, no one knew that it existed. And back then it was called small steps together. Like, let's just keep taking small steps together. It just made logical sense. And the conversion rates from people who did, um, whole foods into together was like over 50% or something. People were like, yes, thanks for the invitation. I mean, it wasn't something I had to sell. It was an inv- it literally felt like I was just inviting them to keep the party going. And I think people understood, you know, I'm I'm going here to support the people who've done this program. I'm committed to helping them and, you know, continuing on the journey. I can't stay active in this group forever. Then I just thought people are having such a great time in here. I think I would like more people to know that this existed. I think there's a way that I can nurture them in and give them a really great experience. It was the time where I thought I'm not going to run small steps to Whole Foods anymore. That course needs a massive overhaul. It needed to be upgraded. And I thought maybe they don't need that after all. They just need that the membership is where the good stuff happens. So it was December 2016. I launched it to the public for the first time. And I had done a brilliant course, the Tribe course, which I'm actually an affiliate for, that really helped me um, in terms of how to market a membership because it's slightly different. The people join memberships for all sorts of different reasons, but internally I think we have huge resistance to signing up to recurring monthly payments. Like, I don't want to do that. There has to be really good reasons and a and a really clear transformation that I'm working towards if I want to do that. So I loved to Tribe. I loved the way it helped me also. I completely restructured how I delivered the content in the membership. I'd been learning a lot from watching these women and I would do these amazing expert interviews and they were like an hour long and we'd dive really deep and no one was watching them. Some hardcore peeps were watching them, but mostly I realized that that wasn't that wasn't what people signed up for. They were signed up for small steps. It needed to be working within the context of a busy mum's life. So completely restructured how we delivered it. And since then, it's even gone through another restructure. That's the thing about memberships is you can, it's like this tweak 
continual tweaking system. As we learn what is helping people the most, we can deliver more of that. We can pull back on the things that aren't being utilised. Anyway, I'm getting totally off track, but that was how it started. It started as something really organic as an invitation for people where I could continue to support them in their small steps to whole foods journey. It has morphed into being something that is now offered to the public and they can come straight in and get my best stuff. So I have actually revamped small steps to whole foods and upgraded that. And it's now in the membership as like, so people could get access to that for for $27 and everything else I've created pretty much. Uh, Because I feel like um, giving people access to information that they can utilize in their own time and at their own pace is actually more helpful for the women I'm trying to serve than giving them this short and sharp amount of time. And, you know, you know what it's like. Someone gets sick, go on holidays, things get busy, and then you feel like you failed at a course, like this membership you can't fail at. So that's its evolution as a thing. Yeah. So there's a couple of differences to the way most people would experience a membership, I guess. Firstly, um, most people are starting out not having had, you know, a thousand people do their e-course, selling them <laughs> into it off the back of it. Yes. A lot of people are starting with the membership as their primary thing. So you, you had already done a lot of work to get people to trust you, to know you and to, you know, yeah, you'd already been taking people on the journey. It was just about extending that journey and changing the way that you did business. So I just wanted to make that distinction because I think it's important, you know, for those who might be out there struggling to get their membership off the ground, thinking, you know, oh, yeah, it would be easy to get 100 people. Like I only need 100 people to make this thing viable. And getting 100 people over the line is really hard when Mm -hmm. you don't have any you know, it's like often a crowd attracts a crowd. That's why they stick yeah. you in the front of the restaurant, you know? Oh, man. And, you know, I I think for sure when people find out that there's, I mean, there's now over a 1,000 women in that membership, that kind, they're like, well, if it's working for that many people, then, wow, okay, there must be something in this. I totally understand the feeling of trying to prove a concept before it's actually out there and a lot of my friends in the mastermind have memberships and the way that they've got them started is offering it really cheap to get the first 100 people in there, give them an experience for a few months, get some testimonials, get their own runs on the board or whatever. Or, you know, even if it's 20 people, it doesn't really matter. It Just as long as you are giving those people a great time. Yeah, showing up as if there are a thousand people in Exactly, because if you can provide a transformation for one person, you can provide a transformation for many. And that's something that really took me a long time to see. I I mean, I thought that I could really only help people who'd gone through that eight-week program. And now I've proved to myself that that's actually not true. Uh, And, yeah, so I. I know I I definitely can empathise with the not having anyone there, but I think there's absolutely ways around it 
And I do think that the momentum that you feel when your members are getting results and transformations, it's probably one of the biggest buzzes that I feel through my business. And whereas I used to think it was shackles, now I'm kind of addicted to it. I, And so in the lead up to this launch, so last year I launched it twice. After that big initial launch, I had two more public launches and they were okay, but they were a bit mediocre. And I wondered why. I gave people great pre-launch experiences. I'd been showing up but and you've been invested too, you know, like you were, um, I think in the last ep you mentioned about your previous membership launch covering the Facebook ads and that was about it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I, um, that launch at the end of last year, it, it didn't go as well as I thought it would. And when you only open the doors twice a year, and when you know how good it is for people, it's a really frustrating thing because I'm like, there's all these people in my community where I think if they if they committed to the membership, if they could just see what's happening in there and get become a part of that community that's taking action, that's not playing victim, that's not, you know, just giving in to the guilt that they feel and the overwhelm that are actively working to change those things, I know that things can change for them. And uh, and when you feel like you're not quite getting the message across, it's a very frustrating position to be in. So this time when we opened the doors, I had to take responsibility for what happened last time and think what needs to change. And I knew that it really started and finished with me. And the work that I've been doing on taking responsibility for what's going on in my business, in my life, as Lisa caught up, I think was the biggest factor. And I thought, right, if people aren't getting the message and if the the launches are feeling stressful for my team and I am in that stressed out state, I need to change that. What needs to change? And so we made a few changes to the team dynamics and got some new energy on board. That included a copywriter for the first time ever, <laughs> and Carly, but you you have tried I've working tried with copywriters before, and it has oh not gone well because you actually are quite a great writer, right? And so, it's something that you enjoy doing a lot of the time. So I love it, and and I used to think if it's not me saying these words, people will know, and I want to have that connection with the people. I need to say it in my own words so that they hear me. But as I am moving, I I feel like the, that um, entrepreneur versus practitioner kind of quandary. And the job that I do the most, the actual work that I do most of all in my business is writing. And when it comes to writing, like 50 pages of launch emails because lots of different segments get different emails. There's follow-ups, there's reminders, there's the I've people. I've seen your launch map. It's intense. It is <laughs> it's on. not just a simple little funnel. It's like no. scroll out, scroll out, scroll out, scroll out, scroll out. What the fuck? That is intense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's that, like tens of thousands of people on my list and I don't want to be saying the same thing to all of them. And so I would spend, I mean, Carly, 
hours, like days, weeks writing those emails. And I would do them fresh every single freaking time. And poor Mel would just be waiting to build her campaign in Entreport and then need to slot in these emails. And I am taking my sweet time because I'm obsessing over subject lines. And was that written clearly enough? And blah, 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 blah. Like so much time on writing. So I thought, and there's been a copywriter that I've wanted to work with for ages, but hasn't really had the capacity and is a friend and has seen my drama over copywriters. And I think she thought I was a bit of a, you know, loaded gun to work with. So anyway, stars aligned and I got to work with Jess. And the reason why it worked out well, not just because it took most of the work, the working out of the launch, which freed me up to have a really fun time and do the things that only I could do and think creatively and welcome people in and just be generally excited, uh, was that she's like, I sent her all the emails and I was like, you can just sort of edit. And she's like, is that nowhere here? Is the true value of this this membership outlined. You are not explaining clearly what goes on in here because she had access to the Facebook group. She went into the membership portal. She was receiving the emails that members got and she's like, "Um, don't think you're quite like you're massively underselling or you're just not comfortable to kind of proclaim (laughs) <laughs> the transformations that people are having. I'm like, well, that's a bit, I don't no. want to post anything and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and she's like, no, Lisa, I just saw the testimonials, the 40 testimonial videos that your members left in there. This is no joke. This is changing their lives. And I find it so hard, like my in my throat, even although I've got a bit of a cold, is choking up because I just – um. They're the ones doing the work. I'm just the messenger. They are the ones taking it and transforming their life. I don't want to take any responsibility for them doing this extraordinary stuff. And she's like, well, you're doing yourself a disservice if you can't communicate effectively what that membership is actually all about and what is happening to people. And that is the key to the whole responsibility game too. You know, you've been on this responsibility journey over the last few months and this is like the the key to it all is taking responsibility for your, like for what you're creating for other people. It, you know, I just literally wrote a blog post about this that'll probably be live on the Small Steps website by the time this goes live. It was about if I, I, I need to take responsibility for the shit things but I also need to take responsibility for the amazing things. If we don't do that, then, I mean, what's the point? That the What we create and how we can help people is one of the most powerful things, even like showing up as a mum, like the fact my kids are dressed every day, <laughs> you know, the fact that food gets in their lunchbox, I'm responsible for that you know, jointly responsible for that now that Nick is around more. But if we don't recognise how powerful we are, then we can never really truly harness it mm. and go for well, it. Well, we can't, we, we can't 
Yeah, we can't claim our power unless we're willing to own it, you know. It's like right. I did a, fa- a Facebook Live in Show Up Speak Up the other day called Fuck Humble because I'm sick of seeing people play down their awesomeness for other people, not sharing their wins, you know, just apologising up front before they say something good about themselves. Why do we need to do this? This is my That has been my status quo. It has been an incredibly frustrating for me as your friend. Yes, (laughs) I know. I think you're not alone. Um, (laughs) I remember James said to me, oh, Lisa, you're so amazing, but the only thing that isn't amazing about you is that you can't see it. And I was like, I can. I know I'm all right. There's just a lot I need to work on. Oh, my God, shut up. Uh, But, you know, this is the thing, though, that I have found was like at the moment I am talking a little bit more about how I have been able to move myself out of overwhelm, how I'm prioritizing rest. And it's and I I don't I'm not used to receiving negative-ish comments or easy for you to say kind of things. Yeah. But I'm hearing that a lot when I'm talking about that life doesn't have to be the way. I I mean, you know, I have done a lot of work on this, how far I've come and how far I've still got to go. This is a never-ending kind of journey for me. But I feel like I want to express that, you know, that this is exciting, that there are steps you can take to move yourself out of that. And, I mean, I do think that taking responsibility was one of the – I needed to take responsibility for my overwhelm. If I didn't do that, nothing was ever going to change. But that is a triggering thing to mm. say to people. People and don't want me- to know that they have the power to change their own life. It, like we, we do shirk from responsibility because it means that it comes down to us. And that is like, that is a hard pill to swallow. Really hard pill to swallow. I'm going to be, I'm going to be triggering people a bit now, I think, because I, but. The thing is, I can empathise with them. Yeah, for sure. I hear it because I wanted to punch people in the freaking face who said to me, take some time out for you or, you know, it doesn't have to be this way, whatever. Show me how because right now, you know, and this is the other thing also, that getting to this spot where I have family support down in Melbourne, that did not just happen. I decided how three and a half years ago, that I was going to get myself out of living away from like going where the work is for Nick's job. And I worked my ass off to make that happen. I really did. Like this hasn't just happened. That Nick and I have sacrificed weekends together while I've worked. And, you know, I'm not, I don't want to proclaim that, um, you know, it's all about hard work and all that kind of stuff. But it wasn't easy but I had this goal in mind that I didn't want to be isolated. I didn't want that not feeling like my village was around me. And I took steps to grow a business so that we could have a life that felt good for me, felt supported. It felt like there was something underneath me if I fell. And, you know, when you're doing what you're doing, when you've got young kids, when your partner might not be in their best health, it is actually, it's a lot. And so I do empathise with people who are feeling like, you know, easy for you to say. It's like, well, yeah, I get that. I hear you. and But it's not easy for me to say. 
it's coming from a place where I truly understand where you're coming from. And Lisa, one thing that you've always been willing to do is the work. You know, you've always been willing to do things that other people weren't willing to do. You know, I've sat in my own shit wallowing around for, you know, for a very long time. When I had Radcasters, I was just consumed of all the stories why it couldn't happen for me. Why, you know, all the things that I couldn't do. I couldn't do discovery calls. I couldn't do, you know, there were, there were so many excuses that I made for myself because I, I obviously didn't, not that I didn't want it. I just didn't believe it was possible for me. And I think that's the, the key, right? Like you, you did think it was possible for you and you just did whatever you had to do to make it possible for you. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I have, I have invested heavily in myself when I realized that I was the roadblock to lots of things happening. Um, and you know, just before this, I was reading you some of the stats from the, Mm. from the launch and from through that, um, this most recent launch campaign, I had over 900 unsubscribes and, um, not affected in any way by that. Because the right people heard the message. But I think a lot of people are so afraid of offending people mm. or coming across too hardcore or too, too salesy or something that they just don't too do braggy. Yeah. And Fuck. whereas I felt like that that launch campaign with Jess's help, she crafted those emails to be a way that like reading them was a value added experience. Whether you took the next step, completely up to you. But she did them in a way where I felt really proud of the messages that were going out there. I felt proud of the connection. Even although I didn't write it word for word, there was a lot of stuff that I I did write. But she really, and she followed, you know, a lot of the things that I would normally do. We kind of continued to work for that. I mean, the fear around someone else writing those Mm. emails, Callie, out Mm. of control. But... Number one, it freed me up to actually have fun on Insta stories and do some creative stuff there, to do more Facebook lives, to feel fresh throughout that launch instead of stressed and pulled in a million different directions, to feel like I wasn't responsible for letting the team down because they were waiting on my stuff. They were waiting because it was all happening at the last minute (laughs) anyway with Jess, but that won't happen again. And because my vibe was high, I could just communicate really clearly. But do you know the other thing that happened, as well as Jess pointing out the value, was those testimonials. So I found Mm. it very hard in the past to ask people for um, feedback. It's so hard, right? It is so hard. Like I I just, um, I've just started listening to Amanda Palmer's The Art of Asking. And um, like, I mean, she's a superhero. I just fucking love that woman. But um, I, I can't believe I haven't read it. <laughs> but, I thought Joe would have so, sent it. To oh, me. she! I know she's t- she's literally told me every week. Read Amanda Palmer's. <laughs> uh, anyway, <laughs> so so I've just started listening to it, and it's just mind blowing because it is so difficult for us to ask for what we want. You know, when when I was doing that event with Bronnie and Marcus and Shara, and I had to reach out to you. I even like felt nervous about asking for yeah, your help to give your people free tickets to the event. <laughs> and then, 
you know, well, anyway. So, yeah, so it's just weird. Like you, it's like we're kind of waiting for the rejection or so, well, I am anyway, because it's part of my story, I guess. But you know, like it's really awkward to ask for that stuff. Hey, can you just tell me how amazing I am? Oh, can we just vomit <laughs> in our mouth a little or just all over the freaking wall? It was the, it was so uncomfortable, but they did it so willingly and it was hearing them talk about themselves that got me out of my own head and thought it's a disservice not to let people know what is going on here, who is benefiting from it and how they can too. And it just gave me this inner confidence that I, you know, I've, I've always, I've known it's helping people, but there was something very explicit about hearing it in their words. And it, it just touched me. Mm. It really, I mean, I was, uh, you know, all the tears. A new one would come in and I'd just be like, so proud of them. And also, you know what? These people who are names to me in Facebook, you know, mm. I'm always, if I meet them at an event or something, I'm like, and what's your last name? Because I see them, I see them commenting and their names and I feel like I know their stories, but to actually see them in real mm. life video is so powerful. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's who you are. It gave me a deeper connection to them and I just feel all around good vibes, just all around good vibes. But also because the way I've been showing up in that membership has changed. In the middle of last year, I was living at mum and dad's trying to find a house in Melbourne, life had been turned, I mean, Upside inside down. out. Yeah. yeah, It was just out of control. And it was the, the time I felt things start to shift a little was when I went into that membership and was honest with them and just said, I'm sorry, I, I have not been in here like I would normally like to and you guys are my crew and I do feel like I owe you an explanation. And they heard me and they supported me and they gave me grace. They just were like, Lisa, you know, and and I, the thing is the content kept coming. I didn't miss a beat for them in that way, but my energy wasn't there. It was with my family. I don't know why I feel like crying. Um, but I, they, I felt like I was letting them down, but they were like, you're a real person and we see you and we thank you. But by the end of the year, I was, you know, and especially sort of January and all that sort of stuff. And I was having all these breakthroughs at the end of last year and I was just giving them to them, letting them in on all of that. And I think they could feel it. They And and then we reflected on what happened, like what a lot of them came in at that first launch, December 2016. So they'd been in for a year and they were sharing what had changed for them over the course of the year. And it was like, wow, I think even they were surprised. And I, I was like, this is outrageous. This is so exciting. It spurred me on to hear people and their stories. And I took all of that energy into this new launch. I took all of that confidence. And I think that it really ended up, well, it did pay off. You know, something else that we did was I've decided to raise the price of my membership, which feels vom in mouth once again. Are you just being like greedy, blah, blah, blah. But anyone in the online space knows that Facebook ads are not getting cheaper. <laughs> they are getting way more expensive. And when you when you run programs that rely on scale, I'm not selling, you know, a $10,000 
something here. I am selling $27 and I need a lot of people to, like this is for everybody really. I mean, you need people to see the message and if people aren't seeing it, then you won't get people through the door. So, I mean, we had 6,000 And right now that costs money. It costs money. But the, the way that I advertise is by getting into people's Facebook and Instagram feeds and offering them something for free. And I give them a really great free experience. I am always proud of what I put out there when it comes to pre-launch. And, um, and I know that probably 1% to 2% of people will purchase anything because that's just the way it goes. So when people get like, oh, my gosh, she's got so many people doing this. She must be making so much money, la, la, la. You know, when you put the offer out, I know that for most of those people, I've just had an impact in their lives and they've had it completely for free. There's a very small percentage of people who will want to continue the journey with me. And so I need big numbers. And that means I need to spend more money on on my advertising and if at the end of the day you get a $27 sale and that lead might have cost you $23. And, yeah, and that, that's in ads. You know? It's like that's then, all, the then there's ad, all the overheads funny. of the copywriter and the, the Facebook ads person and but Mal so, and community managers oh. and video editors and, you know, podcast editing and... On and on and on it goes. Salary for me and a salary. My, yeah. my super. Yeah. Um, like I have not been paying that. You know, I was like, okay, this has. I've kept it the same price for a few years, and I, I think I've got to. I think it's just got to go up. This has to be viable. If I want to keep helping these people, it's got to be viable mm. for me to do that. It's got to make business a fair sense. exchange. Yeah, and it's not. You know. God, if people only knew the freakouts, you know, you know, you know what it's like. Oh God, your tax fuck. bills come back, yeah, yeah. and you're like, oh my gosh! Like I am running a small business, and I'm trying to make ends meet and support my family, and you know, do all the things. And I, you yeah, know, this ain't a hobby. This you is know, my, this is yeah. this is your this is your livelihood here. It's and, not and, a hobby. And the more money that I have to invest in making that membership awesome, the, the better it is for everybody. And, you know, I've got some really big plans. I mean, we were wanting to make that into an app. That's like a lot of, it doesn't, like that stuff costs money. So it needs to come from somewhere. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, I think putting the price up, also got a lot of people from my community going, oh, okay, now's my time. Like I do think that that kind of influence. Yeah, the scarcity thing does work even if sometimes it feels a bit weird. It definitely works. Yeah. And uh, I think really, you know, everything about this, it all comes down to marketing. And it's like a constant learning journey for me. You know, I love copywriting. Like I love all of that sort of stuff. But gee, getting someone who understands, you know, sales psychology in terms of, you know, just how to space things out sometimes. Like it can be really little things that help people's eyes just keep reading. It's it's crazy, the stuff. And it's my intention that putting out authentic genuine, valuable launch content 
will end up attracting the right people because I, I don't want just anybody in that membership. I actually want people who are going to benefit from it. I want to change their lives. So I want them, I want it to be, want them to come in for the right reasons and be committed. And also we've got something really amazing to protect in in that space. Mm. A really a really amazing vibe and I want to protect that by inviting in the right people. And if I'm showing up in an authentic way, then hopefully they'll know who I am and they'll come on in. But you know, we had from my full my full email list, which is a lot, we had a 2.4% conversion of people into the membership. And that's one of our best yet. And, you know, if this gives people an, an, a little bit of help, all the people, like all the money that we spent on the advertising. Um, oh no, that one's not ready yet. We're still waiting on that figure, but I just, I feel like what people need to understand when it comes to online business is you've got to really go all in sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Like I knew I had a, uh, I knew I had a, a webinar that converted really well. So I just went, I just got more people there than I ever have before. And you we paid had, to get them there. You oh know. my gosh. Yeah. And I gave them each a, um, an ebook. I gave them each a menu plan for the week. Like everyone who rocked up had a great time. And some people just converted over and they, like, I do believe people, some people think webinars are dead. I love webinars. I love them so much. It's my medium for me, you know, getting on video, teaching people stuff, engaging with them, talking with them. Oh my God. It's like, it's a high for me. And, uh, which is why they convert so well. <laughs> Cause I love them. Yeah. I but I've also worked really, really hard to work out what makes something yeah. convert and what makes something not. I can give the same information, like do the same teaching, but how I present the offer, it could, it can bomb or it could be amazing. And, you know, that's stuff that you do have to, you do have to learn about because I don't want to get people there, give them a great time and then not clearly show them how they can take the next step with me. I want them to know what's waiting for them and the value that is in that because I do believe in my offer. I do believe in that membership. So it makes it easier. Yeah, I've talked a lot. <laughs> so let's just wrap, let's just um, wrap up. So okay. you, so how, like how many people did you end up with? in let's talk yeah let's talk about that okay so you have this insane ability to manifest numbers <laughs> so where where did you hope to aligned. be <laughs> yeah when I'm you're aligned. aligned yeah you know I when everything is working as it should when I'm feeling groovy yeah I said I wanted between four and five hundred new members and I got 450 <laughs> exactly <laughs> <laughs> and I know that it drives me so fucking crazy. You have no <laughs> idea. But, but I also love it too, right? Because it's, it's like is, it's amazing. <laughs> but the thing is that I I've never got more than like the the last the biggest membership launch I had was three hundred and sixty people, and I wanted to see if I could reach more people. I wanted to see if I could crack the four hundred just for 
for fun. And so you um, did what it took to make that shit happen. I like- showed up in a way and I made decisions in the previous few months to make that a reality for yeah. me. I, and this is the thing, like so much of it came down to who I was showing up as, like who did I choose to be in the lead up to that launch? And I need to be more of a leader in my own business. I need to be making hard decisions. Uh, I I need to be making decisions. You know, that can (laughs) absolutely derail me. I just put off the hard stuff. Oh, gosh, so much. And I needed to also put off doing some other things. You know, I was going to be, um, I was going to be launching a marketing membership this year, which I'm actually not sure if that's the right offer now. Um, and I'm just rethinking it, but I was like, no, let's take that completely off the books. I want to focus on this membership launch. So I potentially lost money by not putting out that offer, but then I would have had another mediocre launch of the membership. And I have a big goal about what I want to achieve with that membership this year. And I needed to start taking the steps and start showing up. Like, you know, it comes, it's that whole thing. Like, what are you committed to? And who do you need to be to make that happen? And I am committed to growing that membership into one of the best places for women to have lifestyle transformations that there is. I want to focus my attention on it. I want it to, I just want it to, to be like rock star, like every people talking about this place. I want it to be the best thing that I've ever created. So who do I need to be to have that experience and to make that a reality. And um, I've thought about that a lot. So I did. And, you know, that's it. Like, and when we, when I set goals and, and everything is flowing, I know I'll reach it. Mm. But when, when things are feeling really rough and hard. And and there's friction and doubt and, you know, fear. Then we create that. We just create the outcome of that. So I worked really hard to to change, like to be in control of my thoughts. I heard my stories all pop up on launch day when I was having the webinar that night. I haven't done enough. There's not enough, like people won't arrive. So, you know, it's just going to be a bummer again. Why do I set myself up and feel really good only to then feel defeated? All of those stories came up and they are only stories. Mm -hmm. So I just decided to Remember, like there's thoughts and I am not my thoughts. I'm just going to think really positive thoughts and just be a person who's excited about this presentation. Like I've said to you, it feels like a live event to me. It feels like I'm walking out onto a stage. And when you end up with over 500 people and then other people can't even get into the room because you've maxed out your capacity, the adrenaline is pumping and it is exciting. And you just want to serve those people in the best way that you can. And I did. And I got the results because I took that into it. Yeah, totally. I've come a long way. Like, whoa. Fuck, I know. I just wanted to share something um, on that, you know, the choosing your thoughts thing. There's a tool that I use regularly, which is which I, I heard in an audio book. I can't remember which book it was, but anyway, it was about being a goddess or something. Anyway, it was, um, it was full stop, right? Very, very simple. So when I hear myself starting to go down that track of, Oh God, here it comes again. 
What are you doing? It's like just full stop. Full stop. New line. What am I going to choose to say? Like, you know. Love it. Yeah. Love full stop. Because we can let ourselves go into that vortex Mm. of just thought. Like one thought leads to another one leads to another one. It's a habitual. Mm. We just follow the thoughts. And we end up in the same shitty place every time. But if we just we'd say full stop or for me i'm just like i it, it literally is just about recognizing i'm in a thought pattern here and my thoughts aren't actually me they're just the thoughts i'm thinking so what i am is a person who's done the work i am a person who is excited i am like that's that yeah. really and like oprah i think said i am use i am yeah i am yeah and that helps shift me and just even seeing thoughts as the thing that kind of exist at the bottom and then I can just rise above that so simply by recognizing that they're thoughts. I can just change my level of consciousness and my ability to control what's going on and then I can just shift it if I want or I can keep thinking all the thoughts. Yeah. I mean, I I often counter-argue with that voice. It's like the day when I was standing backstage ready to come out um, at the event that I was doing, you know, I was standing behind there doing some deep belly breathing and there were nerves for sure. Anxiety is, you know, it's still a part of my life. Um, but I just breathed and breathed and breathed and kept on saying to myself on repeat, you are enough, you are enough, you are enough, you are enough, you are enough. Like we can change the voice that's in our head telling us that we're not enough. But oh. we have to be able to see that in order to do it. Totally. I've been using I love you. Yeah. There's and that hop and that- hop and no po- what I can't, I can't Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. Um, <laughs> that special thing, yes. Yeah, it's uh, what is it? I, I, I forgive you, uh, something or other. Anyway, that was something that I used to use a lot, but I can't yeah. remember it now. Hop and no not <laughs> no, no, <or> something. <laughs> so knowledgeable. So, so woo. Um, yeah, I, I've just been doing the flat out, like just in the mirror, just in the morning. That, that really helped me last year when I was feeling like things weren't great. Yeah. I love you. I love you. Feels like a bit weird at the start and then you kind of get used to it. If you can't, if you aren't willing to see yourself, then you can't expect the world to see you. Yeah. I've loved sharing this. There's a few, um, there's a few kind of specifics, um, and, you know, diving, diving even deeper. I'm going to do that with our mastermind chicks later today. Um, they get all the behind the scenes stuff because I do think the lessons that I'm learning here, you know, they can apply straight away too. But I really hope this has been valuable for people to see that sometimes the change comes from within first. Always, Always. the change comes from within first. And um, getting myself sorted, that, that, that's been the biggest change. Yeah, because you are the driver of your destiny. Like as much as Anthony, you know, Anthony, Tony Robbins um, can sometimes be a bit like rah-rah, but it's true, right? Like you are the driver of your destiny. You just got to claim ownership of the wheel and start fucking steering that thing where you want to go. Totally. And we have so much more control than we realize. And, um, oh, there was one other thing that I wanted to say when you 
said that is I am I am I have realized fully that I am I am only limited by my imagination by what I believe is possible and because that's that's as far as we can go right so if we don't ever kind of expand our you know our sense of what is possible for ourselves we'll never get there because stuff doesn't happen that you haven't already thought of do you know mm. so now I'm just like it's all out there. It is all possible. And whether I reach goals quickly, don't not quickly, there's always lessons to learn. It's just that I've played a different game. Totally. Fun. And then we lose attachment to outcome. I mean, yeah. that's been a big thing. As well. Yeah, yeah, totally. That attachment. Oh, that attachment. <laughs> right on. Right on. Until next time. See ya. Thanks for sticking around. See you next Monday. Remember to subscribe and keep good company.